Hello and a very warm welcome to episode 7 of the Celtic View podcast. After a difficult period in paradise, the Hoops got back on track at Fir Hill at the weekend as they booked their spot in the League Cup quarter-finals with a 3-1 win over Partick Thistle. It wasn't the most fluid performance from the holders, but importantly, they got the job done and the boys will now look forward to a meeting with St Johnson in the last date of the competition. On the back of the disappointment of the, of the UEFA Champions League exit to AK Athens and the much-publicised situation with Dedrick Boyata, the victory was a timely tonic given the negative narrative surrounding the club. But there haven't been many setbacks for the Celts and Brendan Rodgers during a period of unprecedented domestic, domestic dominance and the Irishman and his players are now looking forward to future challenges with a positive mindset, starting with Thursday's UEFA Europa League playoff with FK Sedova. My name is Mark Henderson and to talk about that tie with the Lithuanian title winners, the signing of highly rated Australian internationalist Daniel Arzani and an unlikely League Cup hero at Fir Hill, I'm delighted to call upon Celtic View reporter Tony, Tony Conley once more. Hi Mark, pleasure to be here with you. And making his debut on the pod, Celtic's multimedia exec- executive Kevin Kelly. Welcome to the pod Kevin, great to have you here. Yeah, thanks very much. Yes, and uh, Kevin, maybe later on in the pod we'll have a wee chat and you can maybe give us a bit of more insight to, to what you do in terms of the multimedia department at the club. Uh, but I'll start off with you, Tony. Um, a really important win for the team at the weekend. It's been a difficult time for the club, uh, as I alluded to in the introduction there. Uh, but just good to get that result and now we can look forward you know, to uh, the future challenges. Yeah, I think the result, first and foremost, was most important. Brendan Rodgers mentioned that his side hadn't experienced back-to-back losses, so it was a real sort of test of character to, to come back and win. And while it might not have been the most um, fluid or impressive performance, it, it is still a good win, and there are plenty of positives to take from it as well. You know, Lee Griffiths getting his 99th goal, Moussa Dembele continuing his return, and uh, both uh, full-backs, Izagiri and uh, Gamboa, playing brilliantly. Yeah, Kevin, uh, it was in, uh, Celtic had to contend with adversity as well in that match. You know, dominated long periods of the game, one 0 up, looked very, very comfortable. Then Thistle go up and score, and then you know you have that little bit of nervousness and tension edging into the play. But the the hoops, uh, you know, responded positively to that setback and got the two late goals. I think uh, Celtic responded as they have been doing for the past two years. You know, with the perseverance, and they just always managed to get the result. So. Uh, yeah, it was just more of the same and good after a bad week. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the, the sign of a good team, isn't it? A successful team when, you know, things aren't going right for you. You're, you're, you have a couple of bad results and then you go into a game and it looks like uh, things are going against you again. You have that ability to rise from the floor. You have that resilience uh, to come back and, and earn a result maybe when you're not playing the best. And uh, Tony, you know... Despite Thistle being at a championship team, I thought that they played some really good stuff at the weekend, and they didn't make it easy at all for for Celtic. Yeah, they did. I was I was impressed with them. They do look like they belong in the the Scottish Premiership. It's a shame that they're not there because we always enjoy those Glasgow derbies. But they were they were well organised and they did prove difficult to to break down, especially after the the second half. They came out and they were they had a better shape about them and, and made life hard for Celtic. Well. 
as uh, Kevin alluded to, that there was an unlikely hoops hero in Maryhill in the form of Christian Gamboa, who supplied both Celtic goals late in the second half after the Jags had drawn level. Celtic's stunning consistency under Brendan Rodgers and the competition from the likes of Mikael Lustig in the right-back berth has limited the 28-year-old's chances. But he rose to the occasion at Firhill, and after the game, he spoke to Celtic View editor Paul Cuddy. You must be delighted with your performance and the result of the team this afternoon. Yeah, I've been working hard, you know, uh, to get these chances. So it's nice to, you know, to be involved and then get to assist, trying to help the, the club, the teammates, you know, they've been working hard. So it's nice to be back on the pitch and helping the team with the assist. Obviously, when Partick this week equalised, maybe a wee bit worried, but you stepped forward and, and created two goals that uh, obviously meant we're in the last eight of the, the cup. Yeah, you know, these kind of games are difficult, especially in the, you know, the beginning. So we are 1-0 up and then the, they draw the game. It was a little bit, you know, uncertain what we're going to do. But it's thanks God that, you know, I helped, you know, giving to assist. I hope they keep going, you know. I'm happy to be here, I always say. I hope they keep continuing. And it must be nice for you when you hear the Celtic fans singing your name. Yeah, it was really nice, especially, you know, my wife and my kids that are there, so I was with the Celtic fans, so it's, it's nice, and I tell you, um, I always say it, my family feel happy here, and I think I also feel happy to be around this club, fantastic club, so I hope you keep going. That must be great for them if they're sitting in with the Celtic fans and next minute everybody's chanting your name. Do you think they joined in as well? Yeah, I think, I think, I don't see it, but I think my little one is five years old, so it's going to be, you know, a whole day singing the song. So it's really nice there to be there. And great as well to have your friend back playing at left back. Yeah. He, both of you had, had a great game this, this afternoon. Yeah, it's nice to have Emilio back. He seems like he never left the club. So you can see it is it's perfect for, for the position, you know. So I think right now I have a Spanish speaker around me, so it's really nice though, to speak Spanish again around the club. And I suppose this afternoon it was all about making sure we're in the next round of the cup. You, you, you played a part in making sure that's the case? Yeah, it's nice, you know, to, to get to, to the next round. You know, it's a, it's a tournament, we, it's a cup we win. We won the last time, so we keep going with, the, with this mentality. This, uh, I think, this part of the group to win every game. So I think we get back on track. Christian Gamboa, evidently a very happy man after making the difference for the Celts at Firhill. And uh, Kevin, um, really, on a personal note, I was really delighted for Christian because I've you know spoken to him many times since he arrived at the club two years ago and he's a, a very positive, bubbly character. Um, he's had a lot of setbacks to deal with. He's, he's, his game time has been very limited at times, uh, but he's always—he's never sulked, he's never complained, he's always just got on with his job like a real true professional, and it's great to see someone like that getting the rewards as he did at the weekend. He's just got a great attitude, if you listen to that interview, it's just, he was just so happy and he just speaks so highly of the club, um, even whenever he wasn't get his chances, he just showed up every day, uh, performed, you know, always give his 100%, so it was really good to see him, you know, get that chance and take it and maybe stay claiming the team. Yeah, I mean, that that's the big challenge now for Christian, is cementing more a, a regular starting slot in the side. Um, and, you know, th- there is a lot of competition for places, obviously, at Celtic. But when you go in and make an impact like that, it's very hard to ignore. And even in the Rosenberg matches that he came in for a couple of weeks ago, he, I thought he did very well too. Helped the Hoops keep a clean sheet out in Norway in a difficult game. And also at Celtic Park, I thought he made a, a good contribution. So, you know, when he's come in this season and when he's been tasked with, with something, Tony, he's, he's done a really good job. So 
Um, he's only, you know, presenting Brendan Rodgers with a, a positive headache in that respect. Yeah, he sort of sums up what um, Brendan Rodgers wants from the rest of the squad. He said that before, that you, you might not be in the starter in 11, but you need to be ready. And Christian Gimbo very much is. He, he looks after himself. He's a consummate professional and he, he works very hard. He's well-liked by the, the players. So he, he's always ready to step in if, if need be. And um, we saw that in the quality of his performance on Saturday. He, he didn't look like he was lacking any match fitness. You know, obviously he was playing in the World Cup and he, he did quite well there and uh, he's come back into the squad fit and he, he just slotted right in there and had a really good game. And what was also nice for him as well uh, that he mentioned in the interview that his uh, wife uh, Melissa and his two kids uh, Philippe and Julian uh, were there in the, the crowd as well to join in the new song from the Celtic fans uh, in homage to, to Christian Gamboa I think to the, the tune of White Stripes classic Seven Nation Army. So that, that was really special for them. You know, they've watching uh, their dad or uh, and or husband to have such a positive impact. And after what's been, a, you know, at times that must have been a difficult couple of years in Glasgow for them. Yeah, I'm always amazed by uh, Christian's positivity, you know, and it's also fitting as well that he's now got a song because whenever you're up in Lennox Town, he is one of the most vocal people. He's always singing himself. Very true, very true. He is. He, I, that's the thing, you know. I think it's good to have these characters around the club. You know, someone that's maybe not playing every week, but remaining positive, and you know, and that rubs off in other people when they see someone. Uh, who's not playing every week but retains that positivity, uh, is very bubbly, a bit of a joker as well, makes other people laugh and it, it really improves the atmosphere around the whole place and I think it's a really good example as well with the younger players at the club that you know you have to persevere, you have to remain patient, you know you might not have a chance for a long time but you know when you do you do get you do get that opportunity that you go and uh, seize it and uh, you know I was delighted for him and uh, he was really really uh, positive and uh, upbeat when he spoke to, to me for, for the Celtic View. You can read that full interview in, in this week's magazine. And uh, so now I guess uh, Kevin, the focus is for him, is on the future now. He, he's he's came in, he, he's done very well and now he wants to really cement his place in the team. What do you what do you like about him as a player? What do you, what do you think he, he brings to the, the Celtics side? I think he brings um, certainly an attacking aspect that uh, we don't really have from right back at the moment uh, he's very pacey and he's not uh, he's happy to track back I think he does well I think it made a big difference on Saturday when James Forrest came on and he had a wee bit more support uh, James probably got the second assist on both the goals from uh, Roderick and the belly so you know that was good to see and I think uh, a Gamboa Forrest on the right hand side could be a good combination yeah, and of course, we, uh, we have to mention as well, Emilio Azaguirre, the fellow Spanish speaker in the squad, coming back in for his second Celtic debut, his 253rd appearance for the club, and it was a remarkable performance from Emilio. He, he looked like he'd never been away from Paradise, did he, Tony? I mean, he was unbelievably, uh, from the first whistle, he, his, uh, his composure, his calmness, uh, he just slotted in uh, seamlessly back into the side. 
Yeah, definitely. He he, he looked um, right at home, and um, I think it helped as well that he came back into a side that he was uh, familiar with, and you know, familiar with Brendan Rodgers' um, idea and how he likes to to play the game, and that's not changed drastically in the two years he's been here. There's Brendan Rodgers is always making changes and tweaks, but I think uh, Emilio came in, he knew what was asked of him, and and he did. He played well out in the left there. Uh, linking up well with Scott Sinclair as as well, and he was he was really effective. It's great to have that additional option down the left. Takes a little bit of pressure off of Kieran Tierney, who played a remarkable number of games last season. So to have someone of Emilio's quality and professionalism um, to to step in when needed is is really important. Yeah, and do you think as well Christian's performance might have been helped? He's good buddy Emilio was back in the team as well, Kevin. I think um, they're cut from the same cloth, aren't they? They're very uh, bubbly personalities and just happy to be around the team and just a great energy to have uh they didn't do themselves any like harm on the weekend fantastic performances yeah i think uh, their favorite uh f- favorite hobby at lennoxton is usually winding me up uh <laughs> when i'm trying to get interviews with the first team uh but no they are they are genuinely uh, really positive personalities great people to have around the club and uh emilio um you know emilio has been here um 2010 he joined the club uh, and you know ever since then he's been such a an integral part of the success that's, that Celtic have had here and but he's been in the good times and the difficult times as well and is that good as well Tony you've got someone coming in as well he's got that know-how that knowledge and uh, he can I think one of the, the big things he's spoken about is passing on that expertise to the younger players he wants to really play a big part in helping the academy players come through like Kieran Tierney because when Kieran came through Emilio was his idol, you know, he was the person he looked up to and Emilio was happy to play that role despite Kieran forcing him out the side. Yeah, I think it just sums up the sort of uh, team mentality that, that they have. You know, Emilio's got that experience to draw and he, he really appreciates and savours the success that uh, this squad are having. And um, the atmosphere that he creates around the squad as well is, is something really special. You know, he works very, very hard and there's no doubt about it that he wants to be playing every single week. But at the same time, he knows that the team comes first and if he's not going to be playing, he wants to do whatever he can to help the team. And he's done that over the years yeah, with the, the likes of Kieran and the, the younger boys as well. You'll see that with uh, Christian and Emilio when they're at Lennox Town, just laughing and joking with the younger boys, but also they'll be serious and, and passing on their knowledge. So they've got that good balance of creating a good atmosphere and showing a tremendous work ethic. And of course, we, we, we should mention as well, Lee Griffiths uh, moving on to 99 goals. That that century of goals milestone seems to have been, you know, it's been a target that's been talked about and talked about for a long time now. It looks like he's just about there. Um, and you can see the delight in his face at scoring. It wasn't the prettiest of strikes, but you know he's someone that thrives in goals, and he'll just take so much belief from that. And, and hopefully this week, it'll, this will be the week when he gets that, you know, elusive uh, century of goals and, and becomes part of a really elite club at Celtic. Yeah, I imagine he, he will. I mean, it's it's been on the cards for a while and it's unfortunate that he's been injured and it also speaks about the sort of uh, competition up front as well to try and get a place. But you know when he when he gets a run of games, he's going to score goals. He's a goal scorer and he looks really extra fired up and motivated to get that 100th goal and it, it seems like it's imminent. Yeah, Kevin, I guess you've been waiting for a while in social media for this 100th goal. Uh, it's, it's, uh, these are the things I, I guess you have to prepare for as well. Whenever he scored in 98, I think it was back in April, uh, we were, you know, we began preparing for the 100th goal. So we have something ready to go as soon as he scores it. But uh, yeah, so hopefully he gets it this week. 
yeah, well, get that out. Can't wait to see it. Can't wait. I'm sure. Sure, it's going to be something worth waiting for. Well, uh, looking forward as well. Um, obviously, it's the club are, are working hard behind the scenes. Brendan Rogers, his backroom staff, everyone up here at Celtic Park are, are continuing to work hard to bring new signings to Paradise before the transfer window slams shut at the end of the month. But there was one new arrival at the club last week in the form of Daniel Arzani, the Australian internationalist joining on a two-year loan deal from Manchester City. And I caught up with a new boy for this week's Celtic View to hear what he was most excited about at joining up with the Scottish champions. Just tell us a little bit about your kind of football journey. Um, you're still a young, a young guy, obviously, but yeah. you've, um, you've obviously been playing uh, football for a, a number of years now. Do you just want to tell us how you evolved into the position you are today signing for Celtic? So, um, you know, when I was really young, obviously, growing up in Iran, I was playing my football in the streets, first off, and then when we came to Australia, I played for a club. My first club I played for was actually at 10 years old. Before that, I would just play a lot of street football. And then at the age of 14, I went to um, Canberra at the AIS. So it was like, the, it was like a young, full-time national team program for like... Uh, 15 to 17 year olds and mm. I went there when I was 14 and then stayed there till I was about 17 signed for Melbourne City played there um, got picked into the national team went to the World Cup amazing experience and then I'm here now yeah it's been a quite a meteoric rise for you um, what um, what were your kind of who, what kind of inspired you to be, to become to get into football who were your kind of big influences growing I up I think for me it was just I loved. I just loved playing naturally. You know, my um, my brother played, my dad played, and um, so it was always balls around the house. But I had a bigger passion for it than you know anyone else in the family. I was constantly with the ball, and I just loved it. And uh, who was who was kind of really? Um, I know you mentioned some of your family there. Were they the main influences, the main drivers, and support for you to to get here where you are today? Probably my family. The biggest one being my mum, my dad, my brother. They're my biggest supporters, and um, probably footballing influence wise. Maybe players like Ronaldinho or like the Ibrahimoviches, those are my favourites. So why do you like them as players? I just love the way they show their personality through the way they play. You know, they're really confident in what they do and they're happy while they play, they enjoy it, which is the most important thing. So you, do you see yourself in a similar mindset to them? You're quite a confident character on, on and off the pitch, would you say? I'd like to be, yeah. Yeah. I guess, you know, everyone has different ways of looking at things, but I'd like to think that, you know, I have confidence in myself, yeah. I think every player needs to have that belief. I agree. Yeah. Um, but um, in terms of you know coming into a club like Celtic, you know it's uh, a dressing room with big personalities, with big demands, big pressures. You think you'll be well equipped then to to make that that step up? Yeah, I think so. I think um, for me, I've gone through a lot of changes in the last couple of months. Big changes for me, and going to the World Cup was probably the biggest of them all. And you know, I've seemed to have kept moving forward and taking everything in my stride and I hope I can keep doing that now as well. So, so what have you learned about yourself in the last few months? Um, that I didn't get phased easily, it's yeah. probably the biggest thing. Um, I kind of knew that I was confident in myself but I never knew that you know, I could just go out on the World Cup on the biggest stage in the world and just do my own thing and I didn't really you know, be bothered about the pressure and stuff like that. And uh, it's obviously a big step as well, you know, coming to the other side of the world. Um, you see, you're not a guy that's faced a lot but um, that's a, a huge step so what was there any inhibitions any concerns before you did it or was it just excitement no it's just excitement no not nothing um, 
holding me back. You know, it's kind of a lifelong dream for me to play in Europe, and when I was given that opportunity, I didn't really even think about it twice. Okay, so tell us what's the most exciting thing about singing for Celtic. What, what are you most excited about? The most exciting thing will have to be playing my first home game in front of the crowd. I've heard it's absolutely mental. Um, I'm excited about a lot of things, but just playing in front of the stadium should be should, playing at the stadium on a home game or even a derby should be absolutely mental. So what have you heard and seen about it? I've seen a couple of videos on YouTube. It looks crazy. And I've heard it's probably one of the best footballing atmospheres in the world. Daniel Arzani, very, very happy about becoming a boy and joining up with Brendan Rodgers at Celtic. Uh, Tony, uh, so obviously this is a player who's extremely highly rated, uh, one of the most exciting prospects to emerge from Australian football in some time, and you don't become the youngest player at the World Cup for no reason. He looks like someone that can really make a difference in paradise. Yeah, yes, he's an exciting young player and he comes with a, a good spread pedigree and I think working under a manager like Brendan Rodgers is, is going to bring the best out in him and he saw that himself, he said that was a factor in him wanting to sign but you just don't get the impression that he is 19 years old, he carries himself very well, he's a very mature player and that's the kind of head that you want on someone who has so much attention surround, surrounding them, his, his feet are very firmly on the ground and that's good to see, he's just, he's just concentrating on, on working hard and listening to what's uh, what's been required of him. Yeah, that's a really crucial commodity for, for any player coming to, to Celtic Tony. You, you need that um, you need that kind of mental resilience even at a young age because you're you've been thrown into a very highly pressurised situation. The expectations are enormous. Uh, but Kevin, I, I think do you think as well that uh, Daniel's meteoric rise as a player, the journey he's been on, you know, coming from Iran as a, as a youngster, then you know, going to the Australian Institute of Sport at a young age as well. Do you think that's helped sort of forge that? Do you, you know, he seems very well equipped in terms of that aspect. He has the quality, the technical ability, but he also has the, the mental capacity as well to, to thrive as a player. Uh, yeah, uh, even just talking to him, you can tell he's a very confident young man. Um, I think that shows in the way he plays. You're watching clips from playing for Melbourne City and for Australia. Uh, so you can just tell that he has that confidence he has that kind of air of nearly a swagger the way he plays um he's very uh, assured of himself and that's just all down to the experiences he's had and you know the repetition he's built for himself now obviously the influence of tom rogic was important as well he was someone that uh daniel spoke to before moving to celtic to ask for advice and thought i think tom was you know pretty much straightforward saying well i've just signed a five-year deal here here so uh what do you think um <laughs> But while that's important as well, and as we see from a lot of signings at Celtic, the influence of Brendan Rodgers is also key. Uh, Kevin, you know, having a manager like that who's got a proven track record in developing young players and taking them to the next level, that was also uh, a, a significant factor in Daniel's decision to come to Celtic. Uh, Brendan is just, he's such a big name. Um, he's a great person to have at the club because, you know, even with uh, Paddy the past two years, you know, he brought his game on along. He's uh, very unlucky, actually, in my opinion, to not get a go at City this year. Um, you look at the players in the club that he's developed. Uh, Kieran Tierney's come on leaps and bounds. Uh, even the likes of James Forrest. I know he's 26 now, but he's you know his game has like went on like a meteoric rise. So um, having someone like Brennan Rogers at such a young age helping your game is just invaluable. 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's so important, and uh, you're totally right there. You know, Kevin, um, Brendan did it at previous clubs, and he's continued that at Celtic. You look at all the the young players, Cal McGregor, another one as well. Just seems to have got better and better. James Forrest is probably, you know, the the best example. Though I mean, he's playing uh, his best ever football at Celtic, and uh, it's brilliant to see. But what another thing as well um, that every signing that comes to Celtic says, Tony, is the prospect of playing at Paradise in front of a full house. And you could hear Daniel's excitement in his voice as he was talking about that. Like, as a lot of new players now do, the first thing to do uh, is go on Google, go on YouTube and look at video clips of, of Celtic Park and, and full song. And you can tell Daniel is absolutely uh, anticipating that with, with great, with great uh, relish. Yeah, he'll be desperate to make his, his debut and especially so to to do that at, at Celtic Park. I mean, some of the videos you'll see on YouTube uh, of the European nights at, at Celtic Park, it just is, it makes the hairs in the, the back of your neck stand up, but it doesn't quite compare to even being there. So when you're, when you're blown away by what you see in a YouTube video, when you're actually there in the flesh, it's, it's unlike anything else that you'll experience in football. And I think he's got an inclination into that and he's just even more excited to, to get out there in, in front of the fans. And uh, obviously this was a... A signing that um, you know had been there was a lot of reports and and rumours that Celtic were interested in the player before it was finally confirmed, but when it was finally confirmed, I thought the the reveal f- uh, video that uh, you know Kevin and and Leith and all the other people in the the social club social media department I thought it was fantastic um, and uh, it really uh, caught the imagination I think as well. Kevin, can you just give us a an insight, um, not specifically into how you did the reveal for for Daniel mm-hmm. but the processes and the, that you go through you know when you're coming up with an idea for a reveal video for a new signing uh, how do you go about it and what what's your kind of thought process yeah well I think it changes for every player um, personality is always the big thing so you can you know the, the player's personality so you can plan as much as you like but sometimes that might change if the player's not willing to do certain things which is understandable as well. They're new to the club and they're just... But, um, you know, like previously with like Tom Roger contract extension or signing Odds on Edward, they were fun reveals because the fans really, like, you know, they got the jokes that we were having with them. And, um, yeah, so we plan for that because we could. But with new players, sometimes it's an unknown quantity. So you kind of have to adapt to what they want to do. But... That day, uh, Leith's and Dylan's plan just worked perfectly. So, uh, uh, yeah, I loved the Arzana reveal. Yeah, because you have to get it right because there's been some t- terrible ones as well. Um, I won't name any clubs in particular, uh, but, you know, there's some sometimes reveals that just they don't strike the right tone, as you say, and it, it sometimes it looks a bit, you know, over the top or it's a bit... I mean, one, I think one we'll have to mention that was on recently with Santi Carzola when he was presented by Villarreal. It was some kind of uh, magician theme of him appearing out of smoke in the middle of the pitch. Terrible. You know, yeah. I mean, mean, obviously everyone has got their own perspectives in these things, but sometimes, Tony as well, it just looks like that you're trying too hard in a way. And, you know, I think fans at times just want to see that signing holding the scarf. Yeah, some of them, some of them are a, a bit ridiculous. I think it's a, a, a sort of um, a line you need to 
tread carefully because um, fans will rip into you without hesitation if you're kind of off the mark and I think a, a lot of clubs see the sort of attention that they can get from this and a lot of clubs are obviously wanting to sort of grow their following on social media so that you will see some some strange things. I remember, I think it was a couple of seasons ago now, it was uh, a Canadian team, I'm sure it was Vancouver, who um, unveiled some of their new signings. Uh, this happened at the height of the Pokemon Go craze on mobile, so they used they used some sort of filter on, on that to, to make it look as if they were capturing them and it was just, I don't think it Went, went down well maybe more so with the Canadian audience but if anyone anyone in the UK tried that I don't think they would have much of a following afterwards so are you a traditionalist do you just like that old here is the new sign standing with the scarf picture or do you like a little bit of creativity no I definitely do like creativity and, and, and seeing what we're doing at the club what what Kevin and Lace and everyone and the social media team are doing I, I think that's just spot on you know it's it, it's being creative it's building a bit of excitement without being you know too weird and over the top like some of these some of these other ones that we've saw yeah well um talking about uh things coming up of course we have a massive match on the horizon against uh Sudova, uh this week um obviously uh, a slight of an a, a bit of an unknown quantity i mean i think everyone hears the name Sudova and they think back to seville um, and, and obviously Sudova were the team that we first negotiated on that incredible journey to the UEFA Cup final in 2003. Uh, it was 10-1 in aggregate then. I think this is one that's going to be completely different. Football has changed completely in that time. And Sudova, a team that people might not know too much about, but if you can beat Afoel Nicosia in the Champions League qualifiers 3-2, uh, albeit they went out in the next round to, to Red Star Belgrade, they must be a, a decent a decent opposition and a team that we have to respect. Yeah, especially given that they are more than halfway through their season as well. So, you know, we're meeting a team that are going to be uh, peak fitness and, and well versed throughout the season. So, they are they are going to be on on their game. They're going to they're going to make it difficult and they they seem to have been playing well so far in in the qualifiers, so they'll they'll be gunning for for Celtic to cause an upset. Uh, so it's going to be important we do harvest a positive result in the away leg which will take place this Thursday. Uh, Kevin, I, I think uh, we've all seen pictures of the stadium, it's Spartan surroundings out there in Lithuania, Not, not, not uh, the, doesn't look the most hostile environment, slightly strange game to be playing, such a crucial uh, playoff match. Um, how uh, it just gives us so much comfort if we can go there and, and grab some pri- priceless away goals. What what uh, what approach do you think the team will be taking into it? Do you think it's got to be it's going to be you know going looking for goals or is it going to be more of a balanced approach? Um, being aware of the threat that Sudova pose themselves. Yeah, I, th- I think it will uh, begin as a balanced approach, and then as Brandon Rogers does so often, he'll change the tactics throughout the game to suit the situation. But uh, I don't think Celtic have anything to fear going over there. I think uh, we can go over and get a positive result, um, despite the disappointment of last week against AEK. Uh, Celtic played very well for long periods of that game, so um, yeah, I'm confident we can do it. I think uh, we'll start balance, but you know, go attacking as the game moves on. Yeah, I mean, I think Celtic have proven they can go abroad and, and pick up good results on the road in Europe. Obviously, the AEK result was really disappointing. Uh, but as you said, Kevin, Celtic actually played you know, really well for large periods of that game. Uh, just unfortunately, we conceded two soft goals o- on the night. Um, and 
you know that, that ultimately that's what's cost us a, a place in the Champions League. Now that was a disappointment. Uh, you know, everyone at the club was was disappointed by that outcome. You know, Champions League football means so much to Celtic, the supporters, uh, the staff, the players, the management. But we have to look forward now. You know, the Europa League is still a prestigious competition. There's still a lot of good teams in it. And, um, you know, it's, it's a competition we want to do well in. So this hopefully is going to be the starting point, Tony, in another European adventure. Yeah, I think so. I think now is uh, about the, the the team and the fans and everyone around the, the club just picking themselves up from that dis- disappointment and, and just trying to move forward because you, you can't dwell on it. I was speaking to Scott Sinclair yesterday and he was saying exactly that, that the, the players can't dwell on it. You definitely get a sense of how disappointed they are. They... They want to play in the Champions League. They want to be there as much as the fans do. It's their dream to, to play in the Champions League. And they, they you can't fault them. They gave it their all to try and get there. They come up short this time, but now they just brush themselves off and uh, and carry on. And the Europa League's got a lot to offer. Some really good teams. You know, it's the, the promise of European football for us if, if, if we can get through there. And uh, it would be a really good experience for a lot of the players to, to have that, you know, leading up to Christmas and for the group stages. Yeah, Kevin, and that, that's, that's as well. Momentum is so um, crucial in football. You know, a couple of wins can, you know, change things uh, completely. So, you know, Celtic go to Lithuania this week, pick up a positive result, can t- get pick up a win against Hamilton at the weekend. And then, you know, things are all, you know, things are looking a lot more rosy. Um, so it's all about just uh, focusing, getting the, hopefully harvesting the wins, and then we can look forward to hopefully more European football this season. You know, the media are very keen on trying to put a negative spin on uh, Parkhead at the moment. But, uh, like, even just after the game of the weekend, you can tell Celtic haven't been affected by it. Uh, so, a couple of good results, it's going to change everyone's tune. Uh, we can definitely progress in the competition if we, you know, play like we have done for even just the opening of pre-season, where I thought we've been very good. Um so hopefully we can move on and move out of this uh, media hysteria. Yeah, I mean it has been a negative narrative. I mean that's what you know happens at Celtic. You know every defeat is a crisis to you know and and you know that that builds uh, outside the club, particularly in the media. And uh, but all Celtic uh, Brendan Rodgers and his players can do is just focus on turning that around with results on the pitch, uh, Tony. And you know we'll be travelling out to Sudova to, to to cover the game. And uh, you know, get a result out there, and um, you know that will be a great occasion. Hopefully, at Celtic Park next week, and, and hopefully Daniel will get his first taste of a, a packed out Celtic Park and a, a great European experience. Yeah, there there are plenty of games coming up now for for the team to have the opportunity to build that momentum and. They're absolutely fired up to to do just that. You know, I think they'll they'll go out there on Thursday and they'll really want to put on a performance as they always do. But you know that sort of I think that initial disappointment that they felt is is only fueled the fire further. So it will be exciting to see what they do out there. And then yeah, returning to the the league game at the weekend when that rolls around, um, it'll have been three weeks since uh, Celtic fans last came to Celtic Park to to see the team play. Five games happened within that time. You know, a lot can happen with in the space of a few weeks in, in football with so many games rolling around but the players want that they want to play as many games as they can get the momentum going get the, get the wins uh, racking up and, and you know really make a difference 
Okay, guys, well, thank you very much for your contribution this week. Uh, Kevin, making your debut, uh, a, a terrific debut at that. And Tony, once more, thank you for coming on and adding your words of wisdom. Now, you can read all the exclusive interviews that we've uh, aired on the pod this week. Uh, Christian Gamboa and uh, Daniel Arzani in this week's Celtic View, which is on sale from Wednesday, August 22nd. And there's many other features in this issue, which include an exclusive competition to win tickets for both of the upcoming games against Rangers and FK Sedova, uh, Lee Griffiths on his search for his 100th goal, the lowdown on James Forrest's first 300 games for Celtic, and Jozo Simunovic looking ahead to Celtic's Europa League campaign. So thank you for everyone for listening to the Celtic View podcast, and until next time, Thank you.